Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. One of my chief complaints with this younger generation, I don't know if you call them millennials, Gen Y, Gen Z, I don't know what the hell y'all are. Dana, what generation are you? Millennial. You're millennial? Yes. And you're under 30. So when does Gen Z begin and end? I think at 26, age 26. I don't know. Okay. Well, all y'all, after Generation X, I can't stand y'all. And here's why. You have no appreciation for history and how to get things done. You may have an issue with the justice system. You may feel that someone has been wrong, but you have absolutely no decent idea how to go about it. And here is another perfect example. In the past five to 10 years, I would say five years, there has been this obsession to create an online petition for everything. And you know what online petitions actually change? Nothing. Not a damn thing. Now, they may impact news coverage. They may impact awareness. But in terms of a petition, and a petition is supposed to move an issue from A to B. It's an action item. That's why you have people sign the petition. But now, too many young people are using that as the only thing to do, as if they're actually doing something. Now, you might have heard Mark Rahner and other KFI news anchors report on the Tory Lane's guilty verdict and the shooting of rapper Megan Thee Stallion. Well, Tory Lane's, not only his family, but also his extended fan base, have come out in force protesting this verdict. So much so, they have uh, received more than, I would say, 20,000 
online signatures for this petition to overturn the verdict or file for an appeal. Now, I'm not a lawyer. I've never gone to law school. But I also know that you can't overturn a verdict or file an appeal via online petition. And no number of signatures to any online petition is going to impact a court case. Now, listen to what the petition has to say, and it's really rich. Quote, Tory Lanez was found guilty of all, all charges, and it is a true miscarriage of justice. Listen to their supposed reasons why. The state did not prove that Lanez undoubtedly committed any crime. What legal st standard is undoubtedly? Reasonable doubt loomed over a 10-day trial as the prosecution was unable to show us, I'm not sure who us is, show us that there were not alternative explanations of the events. A circus of speculation, insufficient evidence, inconsistencies, and drunken memories left us without much moral certainty of any truth. Meanwhile, the jury selection itself may have put him in a terrible position to begin with. If the prosecution believed their victim's account, why was Tory not charged with attempted murder and kidnapping? Instead gave lesser charges that they were still unable to prove without a doubt. Prove without a doubt? In what court? He now faces almost 30 years in prison and deportation. No, he faces almost 22 years and deportation. E.J. King is the only witness who gave a clear and concise testimony. We literally witnessed every other testimony filled with inconsistencies and contradictions. Who the hell wrote this, Twala? Who the hell wrote this? Who actually believes that that is going to positively impact Tory Lanez or in some way change the trajectory of his sentencing? The exact same people who for some reason or other believe hashtag anything creates laws or creates bills, or somehow a hashtag anything has any, any substantive relevance in the world. There was not one legal principle in this complaint, this online complaint. If you just want to have an online screed and complain about the verdict, got it, understand it. But if you're trying to present it as some sort of rebuttal to a case to argue for grounds for an appeal, that is stupid beyond stupid. But that's where we are. And I blame you, Eric, because it's your generation. Well, for clarification purposes, uh, millennials are born from 1981 to 1996, and Gen Z is anybody 1997 and on. So, so you're I'm millennial? a millennial. Okay. And Mark Ronner is? X. Okay. All right. All right. Just want to make sure. I got to blame someone. And someone has to get this blame. Someone, Someone's got to get this blame. Okay. Tori gets all the blame for shooting Meg. And that's what it comes down to. And I know a lot. Let me back up. I firmly believe we need to teach more civics, personal financial management, and law, basic law in schools. We don't teach it. And so you have these ignorant adults coming out and being mad at the world, and they have no idea how their, their government works, how the judicial system works, and how the, the, the intersection of those two work. Yes, yes. And it's going to get worse because tens of thousands of people signed this petition expecting it to go somewhere, expecting it to make a difference, expecting it to possibly get Tory Lanez out of jail. He shot that woman. That's not even in doubt. He shot that woman. 
But here we are. People are mad because they don't believe that justice had prevailed when they have no idea even what voir dire is, how jury selection is supposed to go, you know, how how peremptory, how peremptory uh, challenges work. They understand none of this. They don't even understand how to file an appeal. And they're also taking all of the information coming out of the courtroom from people that were there. This case wasn't broadcast on live TV like the Johnny Depp case or O.J. Simpson or anything like that. This is all getting passed down through people that were in the courtroom and who knows what type of biases those people have. Not only is it telephone trained, they're assuming that whatever they heard in the courtroom was in front of the jury. Not everything which is said in the courtroom is said in front of the jury. Some information is excluded. Obviously, some evidence is inadmissible and it's up to the jury to believe or disbelieve any of the witnesses. I would like to know what the alternative facts of the story are. If Mr. Lane, I don't know if that's his last name, but if this young man was in possession of a firearm and his Illegally. firearm went off and hit Miss Stallion, if that is her last name, in the foot, in the pinky toe, in the pinky toe, in the pinky toe if that's what happened, then yeah, he's at fault. If she says it was in uh, an aggressive manner and she felt threatened, well, damn it, then you're going to jail, sir. And they said in their BS uh, online petition that they didn't try to charge him with attempted murder. No, because that wasn't the charge. You have to be able to approve intent. Yeah. And I don't believe that Tory Lanez was trying to murder Megan Thee Stallion. But I don't think it's in doubt whether he shot her. Yeah. He had the gun. It went off. Yeah. Allegedly, what happened was is he was pointing the gun at the ground and shot the ground and said, dance. And there in lies bullet fragments in her feet. So yeah. he's basically just guilty of being a fan of Western films and nothing more. And being an idiot. Dance, you oh, yes, you know, Dance. You know, and... And I think unlawful discharge of a firearm and reckless endangerment, whatever else they charge them details, with. Details, details. Yeah, Look, yeah. all of those things carry, from our understanding, hefty fines. Yeah, and also prison time. KFI AM640. This is the Johnny Ken Show. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. As usual, we want to close out with some entertainment. And the biggest movie story is still Avatar The Way of Water, but not only because of the movie itself. But because of the commentary by James Cameron, its director, and how he still has this axe to grind with superhero movies. And he's made it very clear that he's not a fan of the genre. But more importantly, I don't think he's even seen any of the movies in the genre. His latest statement is as follows. That the problem, quote, the problems that they're facing in terms of his characters in Avatar The problems that they're facing are real, close quote, as to suggest the problems faced by characters like Iron Man or the Falcon and the Winter Soldier or Ant-Man are not real or less real. And given that Avatar and also Avatar The Way of Water takes place in a galaxy far, far away on on a planet that no one has ever seen, does not exist, we've never met. And given that the whole premise of Avatar is you have this formerly human consciousness existing in the body of some sort of alien, 
it's really a stretch for him to complain about superhero movies and their characters not facing real problems, but his characters are. Yeah, that that that's pure hate. Let let's go let's go through it because if you've seen the first Avatar movie, the problem, the central problem, is that the Navi, the indigenous people, mm-hmm. are being attacked by humans, Earthlings. Because they want access to the natural resources of the planet, and it's all under this this tree, basically. And they're willing to kill everything and everyone to get to the natural resources. Okay. Um, that's semi-real, but that's not more real than maybe Ant-Man's character, who is trying to stay out of prison so he can care for his daughter, and he has trouble trying to keep a job. Iron Man, who Tony Stark, who is dealing with post-traumatic stress syndrome and dealing with uh, uh, trauma from being in a wartime accident. Don't forget dying from a nuclear isotope in his chest. That alone. You have so many different things that these individuals were dealing with on a realistic level. When you go to, as you said, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, dealing with an individual who is an army veteran who became a hero, who was then hunted by the law. And then once saving the world could not get a loan to save his family business. Wow. That's not real life for you. <laughs> and I brought in someone from the KFI news department, Aaron Ben Mosh, who not only loves movies, but has seen avatar the way of water and can give at least some reference point. I haven't seen it yet. I do plan to see it. But I get the sense that when James Cameron says that the problems that his characters are facing are more real than the superhero genre, I get the sense that this guy doesn't even look at any of the movies other than his own. I mean, to be fair, he's been making the same movie for 13 years and he totally missed the MCU and everything they've put out. So. Oh, damn. <laughs> so, I mean, to his credit, you guys, he's been really busy. <laughs> Avatar The Way of Water has done respectable numbers if only because it is it has been released in china and that has helped it in its attempt to get to two billion dollars i still don't think it's going to get there i think it's like 860 million worldwide Worldwide, yeah worldwide um but i'm not hearing anyone who says they may love the visuals of the movie but I haven't heard anyone, anyone tell me they loved the movie. There's nothing. And look, he'll even tell you there's nothing original about this movie. You could say, oh, he took bits of this. He took bits of this. He basically redid the plot of Avatar and just created Put it, in it water. again. <laughs> right. But not even that. Like this story takes place like a decade or so after the original and there are new threats coming to Pandora and they're the same threat from last time. It's still American or U.S. or uh, like Earth, you know. It's Earth, Earth U.S. Yeah, yeah, it's Earth basically American because they don't they don't come from anywhere else. But they're all coming to Pandora to, to kind of conquer it again. So now new groups of people have to learn the land. Doesn't that sound familiar? While our family of heroes are going to the water because they have to leave for the safety of Pandora. So, like, while we're also learning the ways of water, we're also learning the ways of land, which is kind of what the first one was. With the exception of maybe the 1600s, where you had colonialism and different types of hegemony, uh, the people of the day are not dealing with the same problems in, in America in 2022 as what the Navi are dealing with. 
you know, to, to call those problems real is to suggest that we're still living in colonial America if we're trying to fight off these foreign invaders. I think the biggest critique I have of the second Avatar is that it's really just stuck in 2009. Like it did like. James Cameron is obsessed with environmentalism. He's obsessed with this idea of we must, re- like, we must, you know, own up to our failures and, like, help indigenous people in the United States. You but, can't say but, that he but, does that. But let me jump in there. He basically mocks indigenous people with his depictions, I would say, of the Navi. Oh, 100%. And I think both are true at the same time. He has a fascination with this idea. And in his own life, he's trying to help them. But when he depicts them, they're very, like, stereotypical and things that we've seen in past times. And it's just very interesting to me that, that like, he's, his, his idea of conflict is still, like, the colonialism elements rather than, like, the environmental elements of climate change, which is very... Um, present in a lot of stories now and he that's a big cause for him there's like one of the most compelling moments of the movie is just a tiny glimpse and i would have i would have wanted to see that be the larger villain of the second one rather than the same u.s military coming in to ruin the day so to speak you got a second to hang around for one more segment because on the other side i want to talk about the the movie industry more broadly because if james cameron wants to again defecate on the superhero genre he needs to at least take sight of the fact that there is no movie industry without the superhero genre as we know it. There is no movie theater to go to if we don't have superhero movies. Can you do that for me? Uh, yeah. Twala, you going anywhere? Yeah, yeah. No, okay, I'm here for it. Uh, Eric, you going anywhere? I'm here. Let's go. Not till six. Okay. All right. <laughs> and Mark ah. Ronner, I know he's not going anywhere because he's getting ready to give us the news from the KFI 24-hour newsroom. This week at Safeway, enjoy big savings with the BOGO sale, where select items throughout the store are buy one, get one free. With this week's BOGO sale, get select meats like Signature Farms 90% lean ground beef or boneless, skinless chicken breasts or thighs, buy one, get one free. Plus, select fresh produce items like one-pound containers of sweet strawberries or containers of blueberries or buy one, get one free. Safeway, come in and explore and see what other deals you can find. Pop. Quiz. This is for Eric or Mark or Twala Uh-oh. or Aaron. Name me a hit movie since 2020, not named, I should say box office success. Let me be clear. A box office success since 2020 and not say Top Gun Maverick. Dunkirk. No. No, that wasn't. No. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm, hey, you that's guys a, are the movie people. I'm, I'm the sports yeah. guy. I'm being very serious right now. Yeah, that's not a superhero movie? That's not a superhero okay, movie. Yeah, because the only ones no, I can think of are. That's, that's it. There that's was it. Top Gun and, and everything else is a superhero else. movie. That's right. Yeah. I'm quite sure there's a Fast and Furious movie in there which did decent, but not great. No, did not do superhero movie great. No, it did the not. Fast 9, I think it was. It was whatever the last one was. It did not yeah. do great. Not in comparison to... To superhero movies. Yeah. Horror films always clean up, so Halloween probably uh, did well. No, they did. it did well in terms of multipliers, but not yeah. an overall box office. It wasn't like it grossed half a billion dollars. No, like it it cost $16 million to make, and it made At like $200 million. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Like that's successful yeah. for right. that, but no, sir. Not on the level of these big box office... Uh, just box office spectacular movies, not 
Not one. I can't think of one that's well, comparable. 2020 doesn't really count because no one went to the movies. But but that is my point, actually. Yes, no one went to the so movies. Then, so the only reason we still have movie theaters is because, because of superhero movies. Because you had Morbius. You had because Spider-Man. even even uh, yeah Spider-Man, but even the uh, the James Bond one was not successful. Yeah. People may have liked that final one, but it wasn't a success. Not not on the not on the level of these superhero no, movies. Like no. because it paled in comparison to Morbius, which was a horrible movie, but it was a superhero movie, so everyone wanted to go see it. And Venom Two, Venom yes. Two did really well. Another horrible movie, superhero movie that kept the lights on. Now, if James Cameron and I don't think he understands the distinction between an MCU movie and a Sony Universe movie. If he wants to point at movies like Morbius or Venom, Carnage, and say, that is why I don't like the superhero genre, then I'll hear that discussion. But to out of hand dismiss the whole genre and not understand the finer points of this movie or that movie and just want to just uh, badmouth the genre as a whole... That just says to me that you're just bitter for no reason. You had Titanic. You had Avatar. You've had uh, tremendous success in what you do, with the exception of Terminator, Dark Fate, and what have you. But these are just as good as any other movie uh, from, a, from a fantasy standpoint, from a sci-fi standpoint. And they are, in a way, single-handedly Keeping your business alive, James Cameron, if not for superhero movies, there would not be some 4,500 theaters for Avatar to be in this week right now. I have to ask, where does James Cameron get off dumping on superhero movies when he spent years of his own time trying to develop a Spider-Man movie? Maybe that's why, though. Maybe that's why he's so bitter. Bitter? Is it sour grapes? But I mean, he's not the only filmmaker in the last year, who's complained Scorsese, about um, yeah, yeah, Tarantino. Been, Tarantino, right. But at the same time, James Cameron is coming from, I think, from a very different standpoint because he has enjoyed box office success in a way that Quentin Tarantino and definitely Martin Scorsese have not. So there's really less of a reason for, because those directors, I believe, are saying like, hey, you know, we're actually, you know, auteurs. We're we are film directors. There's more intellectual heft for our movies. You know, you shouldn't be looking at that other stuff. James Cameron can't make that argument. But also, he I don't. It's so interesting that he's saying that because he has never been like the story guy. He's never been the critically acclaimed guy. He's always been the I really am fascinated in making the next big cinematic advancement so that other people can use that technology for their own films. Like, that's his guy. Even in the yeah. first Avatar, he was like, I don't care about the movie. I just want to make something that has never been seen before. But as a filmmaker, I see him as once his success can't be argued. But as far as quality of films, he's one step above Michael Bay for me. Yeah, hmm. pretty much. Yeah, I feel you on that. In terms of story, there's nothing great in anything that I've ever seen from James Cameron, with the exception of maybe the original Terminator, with the exception of that. People say Terminator 2 and Aliens 2 are some of his best work. Terminator Aliens 2 is hands down the greatest thing he's ever done, but also he wasn't in charge of writing that. Yeah. So so that's so so the so the films that he did not write they I, were visually good. But. I just I just think it's 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 a it's really weird how he can compartmentalize how his action sci-fi is acceptable and worthy of being lauded, but superhero movies, that genre, given the advances 
in CGI, given the advances in special effects as a direct result of these movies that he's actually benefited from himself in a way for his movies. I don't see how he doesn't see that, hey, they've actually saved your industry. Mm -hmm. It's also possible that he's just saying whatever he can say to get people to go see his movie. Uh, create a buzz. Maybe. He maybe. Said, but that's turning me off. That's just me. I can't speak yeah. for other people. That just seems like you're just a hater, James Cameron. Perhaps. But also, a couple weeks ago, even before the movie came out, he said he needed to make $2 billion in opening weekend so that he could make a profit, which yeah. is crazy. And yeah. people went to go see the movie. But he's not going to get $2 billion. I don't think this movie's going to make it to $2 billion. He's not going to get a billion. At, at 800 something Well, I think he'll get a million, million because of China. Because of the international markets all together. But the international market is already slowing down. Yeah, but he'll get another $140 million, I think. Yeah, that's a lot. Well, put it this way. Regardless, that's a lot. We agree that he ain't getting the $2 billion. Look, Megan is coming out this weekend, and that's already going to stall any further movement for this film. Yes, it is still going to shine, but the numbers are going down. They're not going up in China or overseas. Yeah, and we said that he'll have fewer screens to see it because as yes. other movies come out, they will move out. He's got two coming out. He's got Puss in Boots and he's got Megan. Both of those are going to take away from any further success for the film. The film may drop down to the top three, but now it's going to start inching along in its way to getting to two billion or to a billion period. Word of mouth in the U.S. already is like, don't waste your time unless you've got time to burn. But like I said, the winter weather is going to have an adverse effect on the movie. I, on but, the entire East Coast, yes. Wait, but it, but the the winter storm already happened, and it didn't stop people from seeing the movie, which is crazy. No, but, but you need to have repeat viewings sure, to get to $2 billion. It's not just seeing it once. You need to see it, like with Black Panther and other movies, we saw it multiple times. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be just once because, you know, the ticket prices may be more, but still, you're going to need to have those repeat viewings, and I don't think there will be enough desire to see that movie twice. Although I will say there are people who didn't go see movies on Christmas because of the storm, but they have said that they're going to go this weekend for New Year's. Okay. So give them one more week. So no, but see, like, also this week, uh, Wakanda Forever came back. Mm -hmm. And again, you've got two new movies coming out. So two new movies that people really want to see. They're putting a lot of promotion behind Puss in Boots. The promotion behind Megan has been through the roof. It's been insane. I don't see horror movies and the movie looks stupid to me, but people will go see that. Also, I'm so surprised how well Puss in Boots has made. Like, people are coming up to me. Someone said that it was like the Logan of, of the <laughs> Shrek universe. I'm sure it has a better Rotten Tomato score than Avatar. It does. It's doing really well. People are saying this is a crazy movie. This is how you Well, that's bad news for franchise. Avatar. But, like, can you believe a movie, a fourth movie of, like, a fourth sequel? Like, no, I did not pay attention a to that spin -off movie of A spinoff of a spinoff of a spinoff. And yeah. everyone's raving about it. And it did better than Babylon, which is, you know, like Hollywood bait. It's Oscar bait. And it did not do well. I'm so shocked by that. Yeah. Well, there are a <laughs> lot of movies digress. that didn't do well that end up with Oscars regardless, you know. Yeah. That is true. That is true. This is the John Ken Show. KFI AM640, Mo Kelly, and for John Ken, we're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. During the break, it was almost simultaneous. I was hitting what they call the talk back button to talk to Eric, and he was trying to talk back to me to say the same thing about our horrible Lakers, who actually happened to be up going into the fourth quarter against the Orlando Magic, who are also horrible. Worst team in the league, I believe.
Until, or one of them. Well, yeah, until they beat the Lakers, then the Lakers will officially be the worst team in the league. But uh, I still think the Pistons have a worse record than us. Yeah, but didn't they beat us once? Yeah. Yeah, that's my point. I mean, just because we may have a better record, it's a worse team if only because they the Lakers lose to the worst of the league. It's so frustrating because everyone plays up to try and beat the Lakers because they're the Lakers. But then the Lakers decide to play down to their competition's level and end up losing. Well, there there are a couple of things. There there's how bad the team is playing, and there's how poorly the team was constructed. Yes. How do you have twelve players and none of them are actual shooters? None of them. How do you have the majority of the team be under six four when the majority of the league is over six seven? Mm. Well, how do you have a team which is they they used to be the oldest team in the league? And now they're younger, but they get injured just as much. You stumped me with that one. Because <laughs> you would think something should get better if they got younger, and they got better not at all in absolutely no way. Yeah, you would think. Now, this is what I talked about when LeBron first came to L.A., and I talked about it with Tawala. I said, look, this is a trade-off. Yes, LeBron, you're going to get at least one good year. Maybe you might get a title, but just like the end of Kobe Bryant's career – you're going to trade it off because of salary cap limitations or the specter of that player's aura hanging over the organization and making personnel decisions. Because even though LeBron and Kobe didn't necessarily say, I want so-and-so, or maybe they did. Every LeBron trade definitely is, said he wanted Russell Westbrook. Right. Every trade is run through them. You know, they're not going to get someone to say, hey, LeBron, we just did this without consulting you. There's a reason LeBron has a nickname, LeGM. Yeah. And so you have a poorly constructed team which can't shoot, which can't stay healthy, and, and can't, can't win. And can't defend when their best defender gets hurt. How, do, how does a team give up 51 points in one quarter? How I, is that even I, possible? I've never seen that before. I've, I've watched the NBA. I'm 28 years old. I've watched the NBA my entire life. I saw all of Kobe, everything. Back in I've never the, seen that before. Back in the 1980s, the Denver Nuggets, I can't remember, but, but if you look it up, maybe Michael Crozier remembers. I think it was a Paul Wested team, the Denver Nuggets. They had like a rule that they would shoot inside of like seven seconds in the 24-second clock, and they averaged like 140 points a game. I have to look it up. Was that Denver? I think it was Denver. Why does that sound like Denver. Phoenix to me? No, no, no. It was, it was, that was it the was, seven seconds or less offense. Yeah, those seven seconds less offense, but it was, it was a different team that averaged like 140 points a game, and I want to believe it was in the 90s, and I believe it was Denver. We'll have to look it up. Um, and they just shot as quickly as possible. And, of course, they didn't win many games. Well. But I'll find it, you know, after the show's over. But, but my point <laughs> is, yes, there's probably a team which gave up 50 points in a quarter. But they weren't an overall bad team. It was probably in the flow of, yeah, you don't play much defense, but the Lakers don't play much offense. Yeah, I believe the Lakers were outscored in that quarter, 51 to like 28. And they were winning in that game. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. <laughs> I the, the Lakers find a new way to lose, it seems like, every week. Because they've they've had 20-plus point leads in multiple games and end up giving up those leads, and they will end up losing. It's so weird how the salt and tears can taste so sweet. Oh. Wait, 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 wait. You have no room to talk, Crozier. Crozier, if you don't know, is a Clippers fan, and the Clippers are an organization which has never won anything, ever. 
Ever. I, I will say the new construction of the arena does look pretty cool. And they didn't win that. They bought that. <laughs> They've won nothing. It, it could be a cool arena, but they still have won nothing. They and haven't? You, they haven't. Have they played the Lakers this year? In the regular season, yes. Yeah. And did they win or lose? They won those games. So they did win something. Well, the, well, well, well they did win something. Wait, wait, wait. Well, I'm sorry. By need, that you measure, need, the need, Lakers wait, wait, have wait, won wait, wait, something. Wait, wait, wait. Let me finish my point. Keep going with the losses. And then the Lakers won't even have the playoffs to worry about. So what are you talking about? I'm talking about. I'm talking about right now. Are See, the, that, Clippers the Clippers going to say wait, that every. But, are the Clippers going to have I, the playoffs? I've been able to, to talk about? about right now for how many years? How many years every has it been single since? Year. How, how many years has it been since you've been able to talk about right now? Or are you just what, keep two going years? Back to the past? <laughs> two years world championship. Two years. But, two but years. Are, the, are the Clippers even so going to make the playoffs? That, now that now you're saying there's a certain length of time that that needs to be uh, applicable. No, I'm you just saying can't the Clippers talk about have right never now. won anything other than a regular season game. Oh, oh, now we have addendums to it because before it was they've never won a thing. Well, no team a is thing that means something. no team has gone zero and eighty two. Michael, well, come on it, now. Well, well, yeah, that's right. And if they did, they certainly wouldn't get into the playoffs. So the games do mean something. But the Clippers did lose like 73 in one year. Oh, so we're going to keep going back. Yeah, because there's no future for you guys. But there's, there's, no a, present. there's a present where you guys are losing, but you don't want to talk about that. Well, is Kawhi least... healthy? <laughs> huh? Is Kawhi healthy? Is he playing? Is he showing up to work? I don't know. Is he? No. Are well, they winning? He, he has the Are last they winning? Yet yeah, they still beat the Lakers? You are lucky Mark Thompson is here. You, you are, are lucky. Are. Just in general principle, you're lucky, I mean. <laughs> Mark, what's coming up tonight on the Tim Conway Jr. I've got a couple of treats for you. Uh, one of them is uh, we'll talk about the cold weather and the rain and the wet, but Gene Baxter. Do you know who that is, Gene Baxter? He no. is Bean Baxter from Kevin and Bean. Remember Kevin and Bean? Yes, absolutely. All right, so Kevin and Bean, they were a dominant morning show. They, uh, you know, they threw in the headphones, and they, Bean, threw it all in. I mean, the whole shooting match, and moved to the United Kingdom. <laughs> he moved to London. I'm not bad at that. Uh, and Bean, uh, you just need to know this, is a British citizen as well as being an American citizen. So he moved. So now he's living over there as a Brit. But he's come back here because of health issues with family and blah, blah, blah. And now we'll have him on tonight. And I'm going to ask him about leaving the millions of dollars he used to make doing that morning show and going over and living in the cold and the fog and the rain of London. Doesn't make any sense. Wait, wait, wait. You can make millions in radio? Yeah. There are a handful at the top. Talk to Big Boy. Talk to Ryan Seacrest. They're there. Talk to Handel. Handel makes that much money? Spread the rumor. <laughs> Tim Conway Jr. Show coming up next with Mark Thompson. KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 
Chumba. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.